Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's up, everyone? It's Coach Damon Wilson with the Lax Goldie Rat Podcast. And you know what? We got another good one for you. The Lax Goalie Rat Podcast is in Season 2, our sophomore season. And there are no signs of the classic sophomore slump. And that's all because of great guests like this week. It's Adam Gittleman. Pretty popular name for all goalies out there. And he shouldn't require much of an intro. He currently plays for the Atlanta Blaze, won a Natty Championship with Virginia, and now coaches with Utah. Adam is one of my favorite goalies, and I'm so glad that I got a chance to speak with him. I think you're really going to love this conversation with Adam Gittleman. Before we get into today's episode with Adam, a quick word from our show sponsor, and that is my own Lax Goalie Rat online camp. So maybe you're a coach or a parent out there who feels lost when trying to coach the goalies. You know you should be doing something with them, training them in some way, but you never played lacrosse or you played another position and really have no idea. This camp is for you. It was made for you. It will break down exactly what you need to know to train an elite lacrosse goalie. And it will explain why elite lacrosse goalies like Adam Gittleman are dominant in the technical, the physical, and the mental areas of the game. And it will show you the drills to improve each of those areas. Then all the parents and coaches will be asking how you got so great at coaching lacrosse goalies. The camp is available at laxgoalierat.com slash goal. That's laxgoalierat.com slash goal. All right. My next guest on the Lax Goalie Rat podcast is Adam Gittleman, current member of the Atlanta Blaze. Adam, welcome to the show. David, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I've uh, had a chance to listen to a few of the episodes, and um, you're doing a great job with this. So thanks for having me, and let's get it going. Well, thank you. Thank you for that, and thank you for being on the show. I know this is the first time we've spoken, but um, you know, I consider you a goalie mentor of mine. And I, I really appreciate all the content that you put out there. And I don't even know if you remember, you'd answer some questions on Twitter uh, back when I was writing some articles. So, so thank you for that. Of course, happy to do it. And it's great to see the commitment you've made to helping spend the knowledge base for our positions. Uh, that's, that's the key. To product you know, our guys, there's so many guys out there that could, could use just the knowledge base, I think it's, it's great to see uh, so much more content surrounding that position and, and for kids growing up, they'll see more stuff that they can try out to help get them better. Yeah. Let, let's start at the beginning for you. Uh, when, when did you first become a goalie? Could you tell us that story? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to grow up in an area where, where lacrosse is relatively popular. Uh, no one had played in, in my family, but was lucky enough to Bumped to a few friends uh, at a new school when I was just about in third, fourth grade. And I actually started playing soccer first and played goalie in soccer, was was able to figure out uh, that position in, in soccer. And uh, I would say about 
one or two years later, had a chance to, to try out lacrosse for the first time. And, uh, you know, as, as many stories start and begin for the lacrosse goalie, there wasn't a lot of players that were jumping up for joy to, to be in the goal. And, you know, with my experience being a soccer goalie, they, they figured it would translate and, uh, you know, was in the goal from basically the start. I was running around as a midfielder all the way from when I first started playing and so about ninth grade or so when I started playing varsity lacrosse. So I was able to play both positions growing up, which I thought really helped me develop as a player, both in and out of the goal. Yeah, I think that's so important. I, I also started my career as a midi. And um, I mean, you can tell, you know, which goalies have been middies or, or have spent a lot of time outside the goal, just watching them in the way they, they leave the crease, you know, and, and, right. and, and, and manage the clears. And I think that really helps. Yeah, I, I would attribute a lot of what goalies need to their stick skills. Uh, you know, you stand in the cage and we want to be great blockers with our bodies and we want to be in great position. Those fundamentals are so important, but in the end too, you have to have, you know, the stick eye coordination to block or defend or, or hopefully catch the ball while you're in the cage. And then the other half of your responsibility as a goalie is to work the clearing game. And it's just a seven on six. You have an extra man to your ability to draw and dump and move and see the field and, know what, when guys open when he's not you know all the skills you can really develop playing other positions and you know i think that really translates to the development of the goalie yeah absolutely and then as you're as you were progressing or maybe right when you started out earlier in your career i'm finding that a lot of elite goalies never really had that fear of the ball like it was just something very natural for them to you know, face those shots. Was that your case or did you start out kind of fearing the shots when, when you're really young? You know, I was really lucky to have some good coaches in my life, especially early in my development as a goalie. I almost make this a uh, allusion to when Forrest Gump has his, uh, you know, his, his, his training mechanisms on his legs to, to fix his stride and how he starts running and they start to peel off, you know, as a goalie. You know, I started with those pink softballs. I started with baseball catchers, leg pads on my legs. I had elbow pads, shoulder pads, you know, all, all everything you could need to protect your whole body. And then, you know, over time, started started to run those things off. And I think that's part of almost the psychology or behavioral psychology of, of you know, defending against that fear factor is just, um, you know, being okay with getting hit with the ball and, for me, I was, it was never really a problem, but except when I, you know, <laughs> first started seeing shots that were really coming and you really start, start to feel uh, some of those shots off your legs. But uh, to me, I think, uh, you know, that's part of the, the brain balance of some of us as goalies is that, you know, you, you can't develop unless you get over that or overcome that fear factor of, of seeing shots coming at you and not wearing a whole lot of pads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's good to hear you say that because I think a lot of young kids see the games on on TV and NCAA, MLL, um, you know, the World Games, what have you, and they see goalie. Well, those goalies aren't wearing any pads, but like you said, you know, it's that Forrest Gump transition of starting starting out <laughs> and kind of building right. your way up to where to where they are today. Yes, absolutely. I think 
you know, no goalie should should feel bad about wearing padding. I think you're starting to see more guys, even at the pro level, if you if you look at guys out there who are finding ways to put some padding in spots where they really truly don't want to get hit. And, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to find a really nice uh, material, like a hex pad stick on where you can put it on the spots where maybe you got hit in practice prior. And you know, I think we could start to break down a little bit of that that cultural bias almost like always shouldn't be wearing equipment and you know maybe start making them feel like they can wear a little bit more uh you know if you really think about it wouldn't it be better if we were playing a little bit bigger in the goal and could cut away a little bit more surface area it wouldn't be a a bad idea to to add a little something onto us with you know we're trying to defend a 36 square foot goal with a small rubber ball coming 100 miles an hour almost an infinite amount of release angles mm-hmm. um, our goal us as goalies we can you know we can help ourselves in some way yeah i remember one practice i hit and we were doing i took a crank shot off the thigh and then like literally next rep of that practice same exact spot and like oh, yeah. <laughs> oh you know you know how like the muscle just it's like pounded <laughs> like you're pounding abalone and <laughs> i ended up taking an old glove and just taping it around my thigh and like continuing, but it was, it was painful. Uh, well, that's a classic MacGyver move. Not very long. I think yeah. we all have those, those memories of, you know, you could have hit me anywhere else, but you just had to hit me the same <laughs> spot twice. And it's one of those things that you go through as a goalie that just makes you a little bit stronger, at least mentally, to deal with some of that pain yeah. that, you know, it's required in our position. Totally. What do you, um, I guess, what do you like most about playing goalie? I feel like my best self when I'm in that cage. Um, you know, it sort of brings out this, this warrior mindset and this, you know, this ability to stay so present in the moment. Um, it's just, it, it gives you this opportunity to really reach, you know, your highest human capacity when you're so focused on, one, just being a great leader two, finding a way to win games, and, and three, you know, trying to track the ball coming at you and doing your best to do whatever you can to keep it out of the goal. It just puts you in this in this feeling that's just it's such a high high level of performance. Um, you know, I, I love that part about playing goalie. You know, I, I love when you win as a goalie, there's no better feeling. Um, and just the fact that it's probably one of the toughest positions in sports and putting yourself in that spot and that challenge and uh, being able to do your best at, at uh, fulfilling your goals and help your team win. That's an awesome answer. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And it, you know, kind of culminates in making a save. You know, you have all this, you have all this, um, this, this challenge and all this difficulty. And then that feeling of just making a save, leading the clear, nothing like it. Nothing like it. That's for sure. And, you know, when your when your teammates rally around you and you develop trust within your team, and your team can lean on you in the goal, no matter what happens, you know that that's one of the best feelings in, in sports and in team culture that you possibly have. Definitely. How would you describe your style of play? Your your style of playing goal. Uh, I would I would certainly stamp you know athleticism and um, you know almost like a little bit unorthodox in a way. You know, I think coming from the background of being a multi-sport athlete and being a multi-position goaltender. Uh, you know, I, I find myself 
just relying so much on, on my explosiveness and athleticism and my stick work. Uh, you know, I don't hold my position in a super rigid, rigid or structured stance. I just, you know, I try and try and react to my anticipations and the play. And, um, you know, I, I would say I'm fairly aggressive and getting the ball up in transition and active outside the cage. Um, so it's unique in a sense, similar to, to the way Brett Cleaner played. And, you know, I've done so much in my career of studying other guys that I've almost tried to balance, you know, finding great things that Drew Adams does and what Jesse Schwartzman did and Trevor Tierney and Tillman Johnson and trying to incorporate that into who I am as a goalie. Uh, so I would say it's almost like dynamic in a way of having a bunch of different styles that I can play within just one game. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I remember I wrote to you with a question because um, I'm a smaller goalie and, and kind of just asking what are some tips that you would give right. smaller smaller goalies. And that was one of the tips you gave was, you know, find, look for goalies that have that same style and incorporate yeah. mimic elements of their game into yours. So I think that's a really good piece of advice that I wanted to repeat. Absolutely, for sure. And I've done so much of that over the years. But, you know, working with some of these guys and being lucky enough to be coached by some of them and have them be mentors and just watching a ton of film that's accessible on you know, YouTube and the internet has been a big part of my development as a goalie and, and has always been. Um, and I would add one to think that and just going back to another one of my points, just being a smaller goalie, you know, if you're not going to fill up as much as a cage, you got to have a great stick. You know, you got to be able to put balls out of the air that, you know, maybe would be on top of someone's body if, they, if you're a little bit bigger. Um, you know, I've attributed a little bit of my style with a, with a medium to higher arc just making my body look a little bit bigger mm-hmm. some shooters but i've even i've even i've even toned that down recently and probably air more towards a, a medium-sized arc at this point um but balancing those two and trying out those, those different levels of how far you're out in the goal and um you know testing yourself even when you're smaller to defend shots that even bigger goalies can't get to yeah yeah that's a great point how um has your style changed from, from those high school, college, MLL years? How so? I would say, um, you know, over the years, I've certainly never had any problem making plays up to the cage, whether it's, you know, off a rebound, off my body, or my stick, and just being the first one to see the ball and just going to make a play on it and getting ground balls and being super active outside the cage. Um, with the dive in the MLL, it's certainly added a little bit more of a physical component to my game where, you know, in certain scenarios, when, when the guys come in, you know, from underneath Gilly and you're defending, he's got to step on your defender underneath, defender's on his outside, and, you know, you just know he's going to either dive or has the position to run right through the top of the crease. Um, you know, you see a lot of MLL goalies who have to have the ability to pop outside the goal to almost take away that that lane that the Dodger has and it certainly led to me making a few hits on guys and being super physical. Um, but also I've just, I think on the other side of that, I've matured a little bit more in my positioning and not giving up free, free goals as, as much, just jumping out of the cage. And when it's better just to hold back, stay on your back line, be patient, give your defender a chance to make a check. 
then they just read the Dodgers stick and try to match body stick eyes to where his stick is while it comes around the goal. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. One of the things that um, I did this post, I don't know if you saw it. It was something that's never changes. I'm always looking, I'm always looking to, <laughs> I'm always looking for transition apps. That's for sure. And playing with guys like Scott Rattler, um, in Atlanta, uh, always, always try to spark some transition, um, depending on the tempo of the game. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that changes the momentum of a game, like a goalie goal or a goalie, you know, leading, leading a clear to a goal. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the best ways to create offense uh, at any point in the game is off a caught shot. And, you know, if you're a goalie that can make catches and can get your eyes up and scan the field and have the IQ to, to know where to put the ball so that your receivers running into open space and up the field towards the opponent's goal. Um, that really attributes to high percentage scoring chances. Yep. Yep. There was this, um, there was this video you put on YouTube. I, I don't know if it was you, but it's from an ocean city tournament where you were wearing a GoPro and I sort of analyzed <laughs> it a little bit. And one of the things that my, my points was just the high amount of communication and talking that you do, um, you know, while playing, how, is that something that's always been a part of your game? And, and how did you learn to become such a great communicator in the goal? Yeah, that's been a huge asset to, to my style as a goalie is my level of communication. Uh, I think I go into every game now. I'm, I know exactly what everyone on the opposing team is trying to do. I don't know. I don't really know what their strong hand is, but I know exactly the high percentage of areas of the field that they want to shoot at, where they want to get to, you know, where their offense operates, where the, you know, I, all those variables I study and understand before playing the games. And you'll hear me, you know, even playing this last game against Denver, when Westberg has the ball, I know what he's doing. When Robert Dennis has the ball, I know what he wants to do. Um, so that's really helped me sort of educate my defense and sort of cater game plans around opposing teams um you know in that ocean city video too it just it creates camaraderie can create a connection gets everyone on the same page defensively it's a seven man defense if you got everyone on the same page you can defend really well so as a goalie you know you want to limit the shots that you see and that you don't like and put yourself in a position to see more shots that you do and if you communicate that to your defense clearly, they can play and, and dictate some of those opportunities for you to be successful. Totally. And how, how do you know what, what your opponents are trying to do? Is that, is that just a matter of seeing it before, just pure experience? I think now being eight years in the league, I've played against it's not all the guys except for rookies coming in um, on the field that I love on that film studies just massive for me i don't necessarily get to see you know where where on the goal guys are shooting because i don't think you ever want to get into a guessing game but it does give you the opportunity to track and understand where certain guys are releasing the ball with their stick you know i know when i see certain guys i know whether they're going to generally shoot the ball overhand sidearm underhand from certain spots and it helps me track the ball for the most amount of time as possible so film study is huge. You know, we're lucky in the MLL that we get tons of stats and we get even printouts from from our uh, 
made statistician at the Atlanta Blaze where we're getting the accumulated and aggregate spots in the field where guys are taking shots on. We'll get every individual player on the opposing team and sort of have a heat map on where he's releasing shots on the field. Uh, so it really helps us defend and, and understand where they're trying to get to. They'll take that away. Wow. That's really interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Um, another point I was going to mention on that video is um, it just shows like how much fun you have with the game. <laughs> I mean, that's like, a, that's like a, I don't know, it's like a championship game and maybe it's not, you know, Virginia or, or a blaze game, but it's still an important game in terms of, you know, there's some, there's some meaning behind it. Um, and it's just the level of joy that you play with is incredible. Is that, is that something you're actively thinking about or is it that just your pure love of lacrosse? Well, certainly my, my love for the game of lacrosse is, is pure to its finest form. And you know, that's why I continue to play because I, I love the game so much and I see the impact that it has on me and the people surrounded by it. Um, and, you know, I think I read one of your tweets recently too saying, you know, it's, here's the secret formula to becoming great is, you know, a general level of obsession. And that's what the sport's been for me since I first gravitated towards it. And, you know, I'm telling goalies at a camp just last week, you know, here's some of the goals for me as your coach. And, you know, one of the main pillars of that is I want you guys to have fun playing this game. I want you guys to love this game. There's no way you can perform at your highest level if you're getting out there and this isn't a top priority for you. Again, consider the situation we're putting ourselves into as lacrosse goalies. If you don't love this thing, if you're not passionate about it, if you don't have high levels of enthusiasm when you're in the goal, you're putting yourself at such a disadvantage in terms of being successful. Um, so I think that's a huge pillar foundation to any goal who wants to be great is you got to fall in love with the sport. You got to respect the tradition. You got to respect the guys who came before you. And that's only going to make you better and improve your knowledge base as a player. 100% agree. Yeah, totally. You know, and when you're having fun, you're just naturally in this loose, relaxed state. And that's kind of what you need to be, to be, to be an elite goalie. Because as soon as you start getting nervous, you get tense, you start overthinking, you're not present. I think that's, you know, it just having fun in addition to, you know, loving the game and it's the right thing to do. You just, you play better that way. hundred percent. I shouldn't have said it better than myself. You know, when you're having fun, you're enjoying it, you are loose and your reactions are quicker and you know, your sight on the ball is just going to be, have more clarity because you're not fogging any of those perceptions with overthinking, you know, you want to be thoughtless out there almost. And just let your anticipations and instincts be what guide you throughout the game and having fun and enjoying it keeps you present. You're not thinking about, you know, a goal you let up or even the outcome of the game ultimately is you want to stay present in the moment, just be excited for the next shot. Yep. What does your uh, goalie training regiment look like these days, Adam? Uh, I, vary in a lot of ways uh i try to keep it fresh and mix it up but some you know uh, the foundations of my training include weight training speed and agility uh endurance and conditioning training the big addition of my game too has been inflexibility uh i do a tremendous amount of yoga i'm always stretching even when i'm sort of just standing there coaching or (laughs) walking through the airport 
you know, finding ways to, to just stay loose and stretch. You know, I think that's become a massive focus on my game. And not only does that yoga and stretching and breathing help to keep that presence in your attitude, and uh, I think that has really helped that mindfulness in my game is, has kept me sort of in the moment uh, over the past few years as I've added that to my, to my regiment. Um, you know, other things include just staying active. I love to play, still love to play all types of different sports, um, just to try and keep it fresh. And no matter what, if you're playing ball sports, you know, you're working your hand-eye and you're moving your feet and you're communicating with your teammates if you're playing any other things. Like, those things that are just as important uh, to keep it fresh and, um, you know, just keeping yourself active and, and just being an athlete. Yeah, that's good. That's good. The flexibility piece is interesting. I, um, I love the weight room yoga, not so much, but, uh, I've, I've heard, uh-huh. I've heard so many goalies really, um, tout the benefits of, of flexibility yeah. and yoga and stretching that, um, I might get into it. <laughs> well, I think, our position is it's it's so important to be explosive, right? We're doing squats. We're doing cleans. um, We're just doing these explosive first step movement drills. And, you know, that type of movement generally contracts your muscles similar to, you know, being like a rubber band. You want to be able to pull back and just explode. Right. But you need to balance that too. If, If you're too contracted and you're not flexible, then, you know, certain shots where, you know, you don't necessarily have all the time in the world to, to make a perfect step. You have to be able to contort your body sometimes <laughs> just to keep the ball out of the cage, um, especially with some of the shots you've seen in the MLS. That catches and shoots from eight yards. You know, sure, hopefully you can make that step, but sometimes it's just, you know, dive and you're bending your knee and you're turning your, your ribs over and just all these things that, that yoga helps to to imitate those movements that you're making in the cage, that lunging, uh, you're getting all that in those, in those training sessions. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> go and do a hot yoga class. It'll probably be one of the toughest things you do, trying to, trying to get through one of those and sweating and trying to keep your breathing. Uh, it's, it's, really, it's really tough. A teammate of mine said that hot yoga was the closest he's ever been to death. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think mentally you, you, you're almost there. Um, at some point, but um, that's that's the great part about training is you got to push yourself to limits that you know you never really thought you can get to, and then hopefully when you're in the game and you're in that fourth quarter, you maintain your your mental endurance and focus because your body doesn't give way when you're in those moments, especially when you're playing in the heat of Atlanta. It's 95 degrees at 9 p.m. Yeah, cool. With all your experience now, what what goalie advice would you give? You know your younger self, your your high school self. Uh, you know, I I I think I always generally worked hard. I was lucky to have great mentors and coaches that pushed me. I had a great high school coach who coached me all year round, from football to even being in the weight room in the winter and in the cross season. Um, shoot you know i just think when you look at myself as a freshman or even a sophomore in college um i would tell myself and and hopefully get myself to understand that 
the present moment is just so important to just focus on continuous improvement. Um, you know, not worry about comparing yourself to others. And, you know, one thing that I've done too is, you know, when I'm in season, any sort of like media or outside source or even stats, you know, I totally try to block those things out from my mind because honestly, how are those going to help you in the moment when you're in the game? Um, so I focus solely on what I can control. Uh, it's been a major part of, of my development as a goalie and not focusing on what anyone else is doing or even how I'm doing statistically and just focusing on being the best teammate that I can be and being the best goalie I can be in turn of just doing my job. Um, I would say those have been some critical developments in my game since, since being in college and even playing the past eight years in MLL. Yeah. What does it mean to you to be a good teammate? I think being a good teammate is, is having some empathy, uh, understanding where individually your teammates are at, while also having a macro point of view at where your team is at and you know, how can I extend myself while still maintaining my focus on my job to helping my teammates be their, be their best selves. Um, you know, whether that's advice or giving, uh, providing service or help to my teammates, I think uh, selflessness is a, is a huge thing, especially as a goalie. You know, I think you have to have the trust of your teammates. And you know, I think developing relationships and being open with your teammates and being honest with your teammates are super important. Um, and just being there, you know, just, just always being there for your teammates, whether a player needs extra shots, because at some point you need that sort of kind of support as well. So, uh, you know, those are a few things that I think about in terms of being a good teammate and, yeah. um, you know, just having integrity and being a man of your word uh, with your teammates and, your coaches and any sort of staff helps to develop that trust that you need to be be a great team in general. Yeah. And I think the final piece too is one we already, we hit on, which was just bringing that joy and that energy and that passion because, mm-hmm. you know, your, your teammates are going to feed, especially as a goalie, you know, you, you're, in, you're in like a, a spotlight position uh, where a lot of eyes are on you and a lot of your defensive teammates and your whole team for that matter are going to feed off your energy. And if you're bringing bad, negative, or not much energy, you know, what, what are you feeding? Right. So I think having that joy, that energy, that passion for the game also helps you be a really good teammate. Yep. So. And, it, and it's, you know, it's vocal. It's, 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 it's like auditory, I think, and in, in how much you can show with volume and tone, but also understanding sort of even find a way to study your body language. You know, what do I look like after I give up a goal? How am I interacting with my defense after we give up a goal? You know, are my shoulders up? Is my chest up? Am I looking my teammates in the eye? Um, you know, what happens as soon as that ball gets in the goal? Am I jumping up in the air? Am I slamming my stick? You know, am I giving palms up? Like, those are things you just never want to do with a goalie because that does impact the whole energy level of the whole team. So you have a huge responsibility there in terms of having positive body language and positive tone at all times. Totally, totally agree. Yeah, I mean, giving up a goal is one of the most important moments in terms of how you react because literally all eyes are on you. You know, everyone's looking at you. 
And, um, you know, if you send a negative message in that moment, you know, you, you might hurt the team. But if, like you said, your head's up, you know, your chest is up, your eyes are up, you're with the team, you're exuding confidence, you know, it's, hey, guys, I missed that one. I'll get it next time. Uh, it's a completely different and much better approach. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just sort of like, you know, we're playing a sport that's a high scoring opportunity sport. There's going to be goals scored. And you know what? After that, though, it's now it's a 50 50 almost chance when you get to the face off X. So if you could have that sort of let's just get the next one mentality, it just it keeps your teammates sort of present. Okay, let's just make it the next play. Like, let's not dwell on the past and this other goal. Let's that affect this next play we have to make. Let's just keep our focus on what we need to do next and right now. Yep. Yeah. Was there a time you uh, you went through a slump in your career, and, and how did you get out of that? Huh. Uh, yeah, I think you know any season has its peaks and valleys, uh, and I just think consistency of, of work ethic has honestly been always something that I've leaned on, um, and having that understanding of you know, how, how can I control what I can and also let go of what I can't control? You know, I, I can control my attitude, my effort. I can control my, what I'm doing to prepare myself for the game. Um, you know, that's ultimately what I learned I did as, a, as a freshman in college. Uh, you know, I, I was able to start the first 10 games of the year. We go nine and one. Um, I think statistically I'm probably just under 50%. We play Maryland, you know, we lose that game. We go to nine one. And, um, you know, after that I had my first experience, really sort of sitting on the bench and, you know, I, I think as a young kid and a young player, I didn't take that in as, as well as I probably would now. Um, you know, humility is another development of the goalie that you just have to be able to just, you know, not let those things affect you and you just get back to work almost. You know, I think the only true recipe is hard work. And again, like we talked about that passion and obsession for the sport. So, you know, I've been in MLL on multiple teams too, and I started a ton of games. I have also backed up a ton of games and, you know, you have a role in both positions as a backup and a starter. And, uh, you know, I found a way to, to excel at both, I believe. So, um, you know, dealing with those slumps is just, again, you know, you got to find a way to just focus on what you can control. And that's seeing the ball, reacting, you know, working can always continue to keep and refine your muscle memory by getting the repetitions that you need. And, uh, you know, you can look at film, you can look at shots that are giving you trouble and, and work and focus on those too. Um, you know, sometimes for me, it's been, I need to see more shots from 16 yards away. <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to see more shots of guys coming around the goal. I need to see more shots of this type of alley shot. And, uh, you know, being able, able to chunk and drill those types of situations can help you become more confident when you see them live and in the game. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, address those those weaknesses. Don't, don't be afraid to get in extra work there. Um, right. What about when you were a backup goalie, you mentioned kind of there's obviously two specific roles. What, what are some tips you have for backup goalies to, to succeed in that role? Sure. Uh, number one, I would say maintain your competitive edge. You know, at any point, something could happen. Broken thumb, 
that starts the games, you know, being competitive and continuing to improve your game as a backup and not letting it be a reason to give in and not work hard, um, you're going to have an opportunity at some point. You want to be ready for it. And it's only going to help the guy who's in there be his best self as well. You know, if he's getting pushed and you're, you know, you're sprinting into the cage and you're ready for warm-ups 15 minutes before practice and, you know, you're throwing hard clearing passes and you're communicating with passionate enthusiasm. You know, it's only going to help your teammate be a better player. And it's only going to show your coaches more so, you know, who you are, uh, the player. And then, you know, if you're not starting in the game, what can I do to help? What am I seeing on the field? You know, what is this player doing? How can I help the defense? How can I root my teammates on? If someone makes a bad play, how can I continue to be positive and encourage them, whether they're an attacker or a midfielder, assessment or goalie? Um, you just got to continue to keep the one focus in mind, and that's helping your team win. And you can't have too much of an ego and let it just bring you down and ultimately bring your team down. Awesome. Great tips there. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, what about pregame rituals for you? Are you a big pregame ritual guy? Um, I really do like to get to the field super early. I almost like to have a warm-up before my warm-up. Um, number one, I love seeing the sidelines of the field I'm playing on. Two, I just like to you know, energize and get the muscles moving before just my warm-up in the game. I don't want that to be just my start. Uh, so it's only trying to get in the goal before my team's going to be on the field, whether that's an hour, two hours, whatever I can do. Um, I stretch a ton. I love to do some basic to intermediate yoga stretching. Uh, I have some music that I really like. I will at some point sort of put my legs up and sort of let my lactic acid clear out of my legs and, and close my eyes and visualize, you know, whether that's what the game plan is or just my positive visualization of seeing myself stop the ball or clearing the ball or picking up the ground ball, like all those things I'm thinking about uh, prior to the game. Um, anything else really? I think that's generally it. You know, I, if I need some help from the training staff, I'm making sure that I'm getting anything that's nicked up or, you know, if I need to, had myself off any which way. Uh, I'm certainly getting that stuff taken care of. I just, I never want to feel rushed at any point. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like my stick is taped and, you know, I'm looking at my string to make sure there's nothing like about to tear away so that, you know, my stick doesn't break before the game starts or, you know, just, just making sure that you're, that you're fully dialed so that you have no rush and no distractions prior to just, focusing in on, on what you got to do during the game. Yeah, for sure. That um, testing the sight line of the field is an interesting one that I haven't really touched on, but you're so right because sometimes you get used to your, your, the background you see every day in practice and then you go on the road and they have like a completely different background and maybe you're just warming up on one side of the field and right. your team loses the coin toss and you you start on the other side of the field and now you're just totally unprepared for whatever's in the back and boom, it's five, nothing, you know? So I, I love that point of getting to the field real early and kind of testing out those sight lines to make sure you're not thrown off. It's a good one. Yeah. It's, it's 
it's that backdrop of what you're going to see the ball in front of, but also it'll help so much with your positioning. If you can almost look out and generally see, you know, those areas, the stand or a pole or a, you know, a piece of a fence that you can sort of see that's behind the players and helps you sort of play your positioning in the goal. And, you know, when you play, you know, my field in Atlanta, there's one side of the field. If I see a right-hand alley dodge, all the stands, all the seats are yellow. And I'm like, you know, it wouldn't be the wisest thing to see a ton of right-hand alley shots in the yellow backdrop with an orange ball. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I understand those things so that if the guy has a step or two, you know, I might send the slide a little bit quicker to that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so just helping me anticipate, see the ball, work my positioning. And then again, you know, you're loosening it up, you're gaining confidence in a warm up, which is obviously a, not obvious to many, but an extremely important component of your warm up is, you know, you're warming up your muscles, you're working your hand eye. But ultimately, the most important thing you want to come out of a walk with is utmost undeniable confidence. Yeah. If you can do that before you're on the field of your warm-up when there's a lot of other stuff going on, it can really help you set up for getting ready for the game. Yeah, yeah. What do you do if, um, say, you or maybe a kid that you're warming up is kind of having a bad warm-up, a bad warm-up and like letting in a lot of easy... Uh-huh. Yep. What, what do you do in that situation? What would be kind of your, your advice? Uh, I think when I'm, when I'm coaching a guy and, and, you know, you can see that he's starting to take it from, you know, just missing it or just, you know, just missing the play or the catch and save and it's starting to become something that's mentally blocking him. Usually my advice is just to step outside that circle, get out, get out of the crease for a second, exit that area, take a deep breath, maybe take a few paces, wrap around the crease, and then get back in. You know, trying to find a way and techniques for you and your goalies and everyone's different to sort of have rapid rebound. You know, be able to take one instance of adversity and be able to have the least amount of time where it's still affecting you. Um, and just being able to reset just focus again. It's about presence. You know, how can I just be excited for this next shot? Not allow anything that's happened in the past truly affect, you know, my thought processes and my reaction. Yeah, that's smart. Because I, I, I do think you're hundred percent right that a lot of the warm up is building that confidence. And, you know, if if you're not doing that, if the if the kid or yourself as a goalie is you know, missing a lot of shots, I do think it's wise to, like you said, take that break reset and try and get back in it because otherwise you know you, the the point of the warm-up is not is not being accomplished exactly yeah and again not, another example of you know if you're out there pre-game and you know your your teammates are just watching you get shelled and you're slamming your stick and all this stuff now you're affecting 30 more people than just yourself and the coach so having, you know, having some techniques and every goal is unique and should develop their own sort of way. But generally, let's just step away. Let's reset. To me, breathing really helps. Take one deep breath. Inhale, exhale, you know. And just, it's, just, it's just the best way for me to, all right, 
let's just get back in there and we'll be all right. Let's just see the next shot and we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Let's talk a little bit about the mental game. I know we've, uh, we've touched on it a little bit throughout this conversation, but what, what are some other specific things that, that you do to remain mentally tough? I challenge myself physically in my training is, is one of the things that I, that I really truly think correlates to having mental toughness in the game. You know, the stronger that your body is, you know, as soon as your body sort of deteriorates, that's when you start working to then using your mental energy to sort of get through the rest of the game. So if you're strong physically, you know, your body is strong, uh, it helps you maintain that mental endurance. So training is certainly one of the things I do. Um, you know, uh, with my yoga, meditation, visualization, those are all techniques that are super important for me in developing the positivity. Um, you know, just seeing and triggering those you know, the synapses in your mind to positive outcomes is, is a very good way to develop mental strength. Um, but I don't think there's any more important than just general experience you know haven't been there before knowing what you need to do in every scenario being well trained and well coached uh you know i know when i'm down two goals with under two minutes it's you know it's time that we need to start to press out defensively i might need to come out of the goal um and within that training and that experience is you know I've, i've been there before i'm confident i've you know, I've come from behind from seven goals in a game before. I've let up the first five shots and then saved the next 10 in my career, you know. So I've I've been in all these environments and I've had all these starts and that's been super important for me to develop in my mental strength. Like, <laughs> I gave up plenty of goals. I'm not going to get all in a fuss because I gave up a goal. I'm also not going to get too overly elated about making a save. Um, you know, I think just keeping that composure, sort of being flatline with a few spikes here and there for high momentum plays that, you know, just got to be so excited about, um, has been really important to my, my mental strength. And I guess the last thing I would add would be just having a growth mindset, um, you know, studying other goalies, reading, you know, I read a ton of literature about you know, personal development. And I read a ton of literature about the mental game of hockey goalies. And, you know, I study all sorts of, all sorts of things and keep my mind sharp, uh, do various exercises and challenges, just like those types of things. Um, it really helps me when I'm in the cage in, in a long game. Awesome. Great points. I love the concept of challenging yourself because i think a lot of um i think a lot of goalies especially young goalies make the mistake of not setting a goal for themselves and then when things get hard it's like you lose you lose you lose the sense of where you're going because you don't have that goal you know what i mean whereas when things when things get tough you can always look at that goal and know what i'm working towards um and why why i'm putting in all this work hundred percent. I think having that clear vision of who you want to be and, you know, what you want to accomplish both in the short term and the long term, you know, gives you that extra oomph and, you know, that extra push to sort of 
take yourself to the next level. You gotta, you gotta push yourself at our position. You know, you have to be both strong physically and mentally. It requires a ton of work. And, you know, sometimes you're not going to have that sort of, you know, that, that positive reinforcement and there's going to be plateaus in your training. And, you know, you, sometimes you're going to get worse before it gets better if you're working on specific technique and positioning and how you're playing certain shots. And, you know, setting those goals just keeps you oriented in the right direction. And when things are tough, you want to be able to lean on those things and understand, you know, what the intrinsic and extrinsic value this whole thing is to you because <laughs> again hard rubber ball 100 mile per hour shots um you know it's not going to be easy and i don't think anything worth you know being successful at should be and that's why our position is great yeah absolutely how have you uh transitioned from being a great goalie yourself to 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 coaching goalies uh, it's been a long time. I've, you know, I've been coaching young goalies since, you know, I was a senior in high school. So, you know, almost, almost 10 years of doing it. Um, but there's, there's nothing better for, for any goalie just to have someone that they can sort of go back and forth with about what they're experiencing and try and experimenting with new ways to, to understand the position and, you know, trying to be innovative and developing new drills and, and ways of going about teaching the position has been really, really fun for me. Uh, I certainly have a creative mindset to, to our position and an unorthodox way of sometimes teaching certain skills, but that's been the greatest, you know, thing for me is just being able to interact with, with young kids and you know, I've been there before again. I have had I've had experiences that many of these goalies might not have had even yet. So um, to take it to another level and be able to sort of help guide them around maybe some mistakes that I made, uh, it's only going to help their you know their their path of development. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, and for me, you know, trying to articulately write these concepts out has just made me such a better goalie myself. Right. I mean, I wish I could go back and do it again in college for four years. I'd dominate. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about coaching and, you know, I think you see it from, from players that every position when you have to articulate it and you have to find it, try to, to develop a sense of how to lay it out in layman's terms. Uh, it really makes you sort of review and recover all the information that you might just instinctually think about and, and know, um, and it just helps to refine who you are as a player for sure. Yeah. Um, ever since I started coaching, even you know, when I first had my first college coaching gig, you know, I'm starting to really like digest and understand X's and O's and how to run a defense. And, um, I've gotten to the point now, and I think this is really important for all goalies to understand is that you first you develop your understanding of the fun fundamentals and the basics and you have to have that so concrete and strong but then you develop into those intermediate and expert levels where now you can take that and mold it and create something that's your own and i think every goalie should have that mantra of i need to first perfect the fundamentals but then 
I need to create my own style and have something that's unique to me. Yeah. And that, that goes in a lot of different, a lot of different areas. I mean, whether it's like, I don't know, obviously in sports, but even like just fashion, like people understand like the basics and then when you've got that like sound understanding of basics, then you can kind of like experiment a little bit, but cause you, you, you mm-hmm. know what you're doing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Any, uh, I guess any pieces of advice you'd like to leave for a young goalie listening to this? Um, yeah, I, I think for any young goalie, I would say stay active play a bunch of sports, test out different positions. You know, I think our goalie position requires just so much general athletic IQ. And there's so many departments of the game that you need to understand that will help you make saves. But if you can play multiple sports, you can understand it. Just from the athletic side of things, it will really help and truly develop your sense of the game as a player. And it will help you make stops and just be a dynamic athlete on the field for your team. Awesome. Awesome. You're doing some uh, really great work with the, with the give go foundation. Do you want to, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. This is uh, you know, a recent venture of mine. Uh, Scott and Ratliff and I just, just co-founded a 501c3 called the give and go foundation. And, you know, our mission is just to help support any across organization, community, anywhere in the world. And, you know, we want to find out, about needs and use our capabilities as a foundation uh, and our connections to the many great people in the cross community to just help empower these communities all over the world. From Argentina to Portugal to Australia, New Zealand to Canada. You know, we just want to spread our passion for the game in any way that we can. And, you know, we've been doing it for about two or three years where we've been lucky enough to uh, travel to a bunch of great countries and meet a ton of passionate and inspired individuals who truly love our sport. And we just want to be, be a connection and bridge to the game and, and help any way that we can. That's great. And where can people find out more about that if they're interested? Uh, we're, we're, we're on Instagram. Uh, we're, we're, we're still in our infancy and building out our website at this point, but you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at give go fund okay. and uh, plenty of information and content and highlights on, on what we're doing and, and where we're looking to go from here. Very cool. And final question, what, what is your weapon of choice these days, your current stick setup? Uh, I've been working with Warrior. I've been using the Nemesis this year, Nemesis 2. Uh, I would say my mesh uh, is, is the Grizzly 1X from String King. And I haven't found or used anything that is as good as that stuff for, for my style of game, I think. You know, it breaks in super quickly uh, and, and it holds for a super long period of time. And I think it's really helped the development of my game as a player and uh, both great companies. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky to have a chance to, you know, keep sticking my hand in general. So I have to use everything. Awesome. Adam, thank you so much. This was really great. I know I, I learned quite a bit and it, it's always a pleasure uh, chatting with you. Yeah, Damon, thanks so much. You're, you know, become a great ambassador for our position in our sport and really glad to have someone like you who's really committing to developing the knowledge base for lacrosse players all over the world. So really appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for having me and 
you know, anytime, anything you need, just let me know. I'm happy to help and looking forward to continuing to develop our friendship here. Sounds good. Take care. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Adam Gittleman. That was a good one. Uh, Adam is a great guy. I love his attitude, love his approach to the game, and love all the knowledge he drops and shares with the goalie community out there. So if you like that podcast, do me a favor. Give me a review on iTunes. Share it with some goalies in your life, and I know I and Adam would be very appreciative. Get out there. Get some work in. Take care. Be well. I'm Coach Damon. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.